Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast, life lessons and conversations from the garden. Hi, I'm your host, Misty Little, and this is Season 3, Episode 9. And today I'm going to do another episode of a garden tour, and this one is of our flower garden. It's a little longer than our edible garden tour because, well, the flower garden is bigger and has more plants. So, um, kind of in the middle, maybe about 15, 16 minutes in, it seems a little choppy because I recorded part of this episode on one day and then my battery died on the camera, so I ended up having to record again on another day. And... So there might be a little bit of a disconnect, and I'm recording this in my not-so-nice closet like I normally do, so I have my cat came to join me. If you hear that meow, I wanted to enjoy my Christmas tree and the lights and just kind of enjoy the crazy little cozy day that's going on. We just got a cold front through here this morning. Um, It was warm and humid, and now it's a little bit chilly. It's probably in the low 60s. Well, and that's chilly for me because I'm a Southern girl. So anyway, if you enjoyed this episode, please uh, consider rating and reviewing on iTunes because we all know that's how algorithms are these days and how people find podcasts and all that good stuff. So please do that. You can drop me an email at thegardenpathpodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at thegardenpathpodcast. And all the show notes for this episode are at thegardenpathpodcast.com. And I'll have links to a lot of the plants that I mention um, in this episode. So if you want to kind of find out a little bit more, maybe see if you can grow it, definitely check the show notes out for this episode. And um, I've got a couple good episodes that I'm planning for the next few weeks for December. And then I hope to have guests back on for um, the rest of the season. So, all right. Enjoy the episode. Today I'm going to do a tour of our flower garden. And I'll kind of start at my back door. Um, Kind of walk our way north to my front area and so the way the garden starts it's right out the back door I have a giant gardenia that was here when we moved in we've it's kind of in crappy shape but um, it has some, keeps it kind of pruned up and it has done really well um, since we moved in put some fertilizer down every now and then or compost and by fertilizer it's not it's organic fertilizer <laughs> in case people are wondering um, and then we've really, this whole side yard, there was no gardens here when we moved in. Everything was put in by ourselves, um, in kind of different phases. And this, the side garden on the house was the last phase that was put in, but I made use of it. There was a fence kind of in the middle, a chain link fence that we tore down. We had a, where our compost pile is now had a, an old brick fireplace oven kind of thing it was kind of cool looking but it was not really something we would use so we tore it down and put the compost bins there um, and I'll put links to what all that looked like and the process of building those compost bins but the compost bins have been in almost five years and they've they need some help now we're going to rebuild them in the spring so um honestly I guess I'll just start at the potting bench um it's also a potting bench that was here when we moved in and it needs help too, but it's it works for now. And right now we've got a lot of different uh, plants growing. I've got milkweed cuttings 
tropical milkweed. Um, Roselle, no, no, it's not Roselle, it's Abelmotius. I do have, uh, tried to grow some Roselle, but it's not, it didn't germinate. Um, American persimmons. We have a couple different uh, other trees here that we're trying to grow out. Um, I think they are Mexican plum or Chickasaw plum, I can't remember. And Brugmansia cuttings, some seeds I've started, uh, just a whole slew of different things on the potting bench. And really, I've got also tropical milkweed cuttings like lining up along in the flower bed itself too. Um, so I can have more milkweed for next season's Monarch Festival. Um, and then right here in the main bed, I've got, um, we have some sprawling Dachuras. And there's one open right now, and it's a light lilac kind of color. We've grown a couple different varieties here over the years, um, like the double purple and uh, single purple ones, but this one the light purple. Um, and then we have a giant, interesting looking uh, Brugmansia. I don't know if I did I say it a Datura. Yeah, Daturas are the lilac. And then above it we have um, the Brugmansia, which was supposed to be a Datura when we bought it in the little pot that we got at the nursery, but it grew and we're like, that is definitely not a Datura. It's a white flowering uh, Brugmansia. And so I walk down this way and kind of kind of go bouncing from left to right. I've got two different beds on this side yard. Um, and right behind the Dutchers are some different ferns. And I think, well, we had some um, plum leaf azaleas, but I don't think they are alive anymore. I've tried to grow, grow some clematis, and it still is still alive. It's not doing great. And then we've got butterfly ginger that definitely takes off and does its own thing. Um, on the fence in the back, we fight off uh, Japanese honeysuckle from the neighbors a lot. And our neighbors, their yard is a just woodland festival of stuff. It's not <laughs> anything in particular. So I definitely trim up that and try to get that off my fence. But I do have some different kind of pipe vine. I think it's Triloba. I'm gonna have to think about it and put it in the show notes. But it ha does bloom from time to time. I don't remember it blooming this year. I think it bloomed last year. It's a tropical one. And then behind on this bed is definitely the kind of the tropical bed. It's got different gingers and there's like a variegated ginger back there. It's not doing too great. I think I need to trim back the um, other ginger I've got behind it. It's getting a little thick. But we tried to grow a bunch of different ferns in this section, like little wood ferns and painted Japanese fern. And there's, um, oh my goodness, my mind is going blank. I'll have to think about it in a second, what this is. Toad, toad lily? Yes, toad lilies. <laughs> um, growing on that side too. Can you hear the uh, cicadas? Um, so before I get too far down that bed, on the bed that's close to the house we have, I put some like creeping thyme in, I don't know, a couple years ago, and it kind of moves every year from one spot to the other and back and forth. And it's kind of intermixing with some Virginia, or I'm sorry, Carolina Ruelia, and 
it, it's also creeping and kind of becomes this massive ground cover. And towards the back, I've got some, I'm going to call it Ixia, but I could be wrong here. Uh, oh yeah, that's not the right tag. That was our old hyd variegated hydrangea. Um, anyway, a little bulb that comes up in the winter. And then a ton of this plant called chocolate plant. I think it's pseudoanthemum alata. It is not actually, you know, chocolate, <laughs> but it's kind of called like an heirloom plant, a pass along plant that you would see in Texas gardens. And it pops up everywhere. We planted it once and I thought it died in the winter. And then the next spring it came back like all over my beds. So it's kind of nice, but it does get a little out of hand and I do pull it and thin it a little bit. Um, continuing down that way, we have a golden lotus banana. We've got some agastache hyssop. And then one of the bigger plants that's my husband's been trying to kind of grow and propagate is a variegated Turk's cap hibiscus. And it's got some branches that have reverted to um, normal color to green. So we've got to kind of trim that back. I thought he was going to do that this year, but he didn't. So, um, and then comes a mess of craziness after that with got blackberry lily. I have some African iris, a dietes. That one's bicolor or iridoides. I'm not, can't remember which one that one is. And then the next big plant on this bed is my Argentine Cinna, uh, Cinna corombosa. And it's a little bit of a frustrating kind of misnomer of a plant because you'll see it in garden centers called Texas Cinna. It is not native. It is not Texas. It is a <laughs> non-native plant, but it's still, I think it's fairly well behaved. Although we, because it has the um, seed pods are kind of like the, the beans, um, they do germinate pretty well. And I, I will pull up seedlings in here often, but, and last year I hacked it back pretty good, but it, it came back well, and I think it's a in a better form this year, but I do see some branches I will be trimming out. Kind of hiding back behind that, oh, before I leave the Senna, it is a host for the cloudless sulfur butterfly and probably some other sulfurs as well, but I can't tell you that for certain. But I do know that I had the cloudless sulfurs on this uh, plant this fall, and I have at least one chrysalis hanging back there behind uh, it on my house and I found a one that had just hatched yesterday <laughs> underneath on an adjacent salvia so that was pretty exciting to find and I'm they're kind of tricky you would think they would be easy to see but they're not um, so anyway behind the Senna is some Texas star hibiscus we have to get creative and hide our hibiscus because they're a delicacy for the deer around here <laughs> um, so they're tucked back there and let's bounce back across to the other side of the garden where our fig tree is. And it's kind of our big statement piece, I would say, in this section. It was here when we moved in. So we kind of built the beds around it. And um, my husband actually ended up having to cut one of the roots when he was installing the um, watering system. And man, I didn't know. I was kind of worried it wasn't going to make it. But it pulled through. Um, and has has survived and thrived and looks so much better than it did when we moved in but my husband uses all the limbs of the trees for <laughs> growing his bromeliads and orchids and we have some bird's nest ferns uh, on it as well um 
Let's see, let's see if I can read some of the tags of some of the things. He's got a Vanda Kulwadi fragrant. It's got blue spots. Um, I'm gonna butcher some of this stuff. It's got this cool Catlia Muscombi variegated. Um, he has some stuff tagged, some stuff's not, and some stuff's kind of too high for me to even bother telling you. But he mounts everything on different pieces of wood um, that we found over the years, um, that kind of thing. And I have over here in the behind this bed, we've got more, um, got some nun's orchids, which I thought were toast after the deep, freak deep freeze we had this winter, but they came back, so pretty exciting. Some more just kind of different wood ferns hanging out back there. Um, also maidenhair ferns and really would like to try to fix up that section a little bit better. I feel like we kind of let that languish this year. Um, and then kind of rounding up out this one bed is, um, I'm gonna have to come in here and see if there's a label for this particular pipe vine. Um, don't see it. My microfilla or macrofilla, I think. It's a little pipe vine. It's done really well here. It has cute little blooms and it actually had, I got a ton of seeds this year that I just kind of let spread because I would really like it to grow up along this fence as well. And I had a volunteer chili teppan, uh, ligularia, and then we have at the end of this bed is an almond verbena. Um, and it gets, it got really tall, <laughs> but it did die back a little bit from the freeze. So it kind of turned into this weird bushy leggy thing this year. Um, I think next year it needs some shape, shaping done on it. And so let's round out the bed on the house side. And I mentioned the Texas star hibiscus. There's a beauty berry back there that was in this area when we put the beds in. It was another plant we decided to keep. And we'll trim it back because it gets kind of crazy too, but they always bounce back pretty well. And then in front of that, we've got these pink bananas and I can't tell you the name of them because it's just a plant. It's a pink banana we grew in Florida. It is not, there's another pink banana that has actually pretty good fruits, but these just send out like, I don't know, one or two inch sized fruits and um, not really edible, but still flowering. They've been flowering since like, I don't know, April and it's mid-November now, so um, we will thin those out because they get kind of thick. And in front of that we have a salvia, I think it's Argentine Skies, yes, and it, it gets bushy and purses pretty little kind of blue-violet flowers, um, and we'll definitely trim it back, give it a haircut every now and then. And at the corner is a flame acanthus, which sprawls and it roots pretty easily by um, when it puts its limbs down, it'll send roots out pretty easily. So if you ever wanted to take cuttings and share with friends, that is one plant to do. But I don't feel like it blooms enough to take up this much real estate. So we actually have another one in another location and it sprawls too. And I feel like, I don't know, one of them needs to go because we don't need this much flame acanthus that doesn't bloom. That kind of rounds up those two beds on the side of the house. And then we'll kind of, I've got three more beds to talk about. <laughs> this is gonna be a long episode. Um, on our, we have a trellis around our water well tank and it has Mexican flame vine. 
that if we keep with a definitely a mildish winter, it will get blooms of it in December, or January. It has bloomed here for us one year because it was mild, but other years, you know, if we get an early frost, it'll die back and, but uh, it will come back from the roots. So that has been very good for us. In this bed that needs to come out that has, I see exactly like two little branches still alive is a um, oak leaf hydrangea. It's not doing good here. Um, it did well for a while. The deer predated on it. I don't know. I think it's either going to be too shady or too wet. There's something wrong with the site. I don't know if I can cut it back and move it somewhere else or what, but also we have a ton of different green lilies. Let me see if I can find a tag. Oh yeah, here's uh, Hebranthus robustus. It's a pink rain lily. And then kind of an ephemeral that comes up we've, that we've planted our lizard's tail. Uh, Sarurus, Sarurus, Serenus, butchering the Latin there. Um, but it will come up ephemerally that we, we put in there as well. In the back, we have a rhododendron. I'm not sure if this was Austrinum or Canessens. We have one of each. I have another one in another bed and the other one in this bed. I'm not sure which one is here. Um, another good statement piece in this bed is the variegated hydran. I'm sorry, Bergmansia. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure which one. I think there's two like primary variegated ones. And I can't tell you off the top of my head which one this one is. Uh, this year, one of the big things in this bed we did was have a humongous patch of tropical milkweed um, that we sowed from seed. And then we have a yellow variety that we bought from uh, a pot at a nursery. And it has done pretty well here interspersed in there I have let um, false nettle continue growing because it's uh, good for red admirals and like eastern commas and I think question marks and we have red admirals in the yard I've never seen the caterpillars on them but I did have something else using it this year that I still haven't been able to identify um, so false nettle it's bomeria cylindrica so over on this other bed is our Brugmansia. It's kind of gotten out of control this year. Um, I actually wasn't sure if it was going to come back from the hard freeze we had last January. Um, it took probably an extra month than normal to come back, but it grew a ton of branches this year. It actually got a little bit uh, top-heavy after Hurricane Harvey, so um, I probably should have cut a couple branches, but I didn't, so <laughs> I'm just kind of letting them grow wherever. Um, hasn't bloomed recently but there were some blooms earlier this summer um next to that is the copper canyon daisy and it's starting to bloom right now as well it's got a nice um mounding sprawling look to it and it's a native texas plant probably i would think a little more drier climate but it goes grows pretty well in our our soil um, definitely wetter zone over here in East Texas than where it's normally from but it's got pretty little yellow flowers it kind of looks like a marigold I think it's actually in that same uh, genus as um, marigolds but I'm gonna have to double check that one for you um, definitely need to do some work around here we've got some uh, red hot pokers hiding underneath there they used to bloom really well they haven't bloomed in a couple years I know they're a biennial but um, 
yeah I'm not sure it's been definitely more than two years since they've bloomed but they're really pretty cool next to the copper canyon daisy is the um texas mountain laurel it's a uh, sephora secundiflora i believe and it's got pretty purple little flowers um people call it, it smells like like grape juice or grapes um it does i guess <laughs> it's not a strong smell i don't think um but it's just definitely a more xeric type of shrub but it's, so far it's done pretty well in our flower bed it's at a well, a couple branches are getting over my head, so they're around five feet, five and a half feet tall, I would say. Um, but it turns into a good kind of sub-shrub, sub-tree uh, plant eventually. Um, it's a little bit slow growing, so it's going to be quite a while before it's that big in our garden. Kind of around that tree, I have some weeds, but uh, normally growing a lot more healthily than it does <laughs> than it is right now is... The Texas Mountain Mint and it is a really pretty mint and it will go like any other mints it kind of sprawls and climbs everywhere but has a pretty um, the leaves at the top and I'm pretty sure they're probably a different uh, they're not actually leaves of bracts or something like that but uh, they turn kind of a whitish gray the cop top couple of them and they have really pretty flowers I saw a ton of pollinators different like hoverflies and bees and all sorts of cool things on that this year when they were heavily blooming so despite its sprawling tendency it is uh well loved by the insects and around i'm going to kind of walk around this bed because it's actually big and there's a lot of things kind of on each side so kind of around that the mint <laughs> the uh, mint is well not around it. In the middle of the mint is a giant Amorpha fruticosa. And <laughs> I don't, I've seen them in the wild, but I don't remember them ever being this dang tall. Um, they're probably 10 feet tall. It's got a bunch of different branches. And again, it was more straight before Harvey. And I had to do a lot of staking of the limbs and the branches. Um, I guess you call them bowls. Uh, of all the branches that are coming out of the ground <laughs> and it probably could use a trim back this year um in the spring because it's going to send out more shoots but it's a neat little sub tree thing as well with kind of nondescript little purple flowers when it blooms but i think it's a native plant that you're not going to see in anybody's garden um unless you're a nerdy person like me <laughs> or like us we like uh, the weird, nerdy, native stuff. So around the base of this, I've got some yarrow that I got from my mom, but it never blooms. I know it's probably too shady here. And the yarrow has definitely kind of taken over, and I think I'm going to probably lift it out in the spring, get it kind of clumped back together, and do something else with that. Maybe move it to a sunnier spot, keep it in a pot. I'm not sure. I would like to have something blooming there that it at some point in the season and right now it's just kind of giving me some pretty feathery foliage which has been fine because this year I, as much as I wanted to kind of get this garden a little more lush I didn't quite get there um so maybe next year is my my goal for that and scattered around there I have some tansy which has kind of broken up into a couple different branches it was one plant and it definitely likes to 
sprawl and then root itself in different places. Um, and it usually has a pretty yellow flower. I don't remember it blooming this year. Um, then I've got marigolds that have self-seeded. A couple different kinds. I have no idea which variety they are. And then hiding beneath that are some different uh, rain lilies. We used to have some Spigelia marilandica pink root, but I don't know what happened to that. The deer liked it, and I don't know if it just faded out over time or what the deal is. Um, back behind the tansy is my Sephora tomatosa, my necklace pod. And it is a little bit of a sensitive plant. It will die back to the ground. I was actually worried about it not coming back to from the freeze, but it did. Um, it did not bloom this year at least. I'm not sure on the timing of its blooms. Uh, but it's a native plant that is in Texas, but I actually grew it in Florida in a pot and it always produced pretty blooms. I really loved it, so when I saw it for sale here, I was really excited. And um, it grows into a little shrub. It's not that tall right now. It's probably, I don't know, mid-thigh height on me and I'm 5'3", so <laughs> give you a little bit of thought there. Um, Lantana, which is not blooming and definitely needs a a uh, haircut it looks like crap but when it's blooming the pollinators love it as well um, then I have a pretty bush called it's a justicia Branda Gianna maybe no I could be wrong I'm just gonna say justicia and tell you on the show notes what exactly <laughs> which one this is but it has a pretty orange flower um, and again, it'll get knocked back by a hard, hard uh, frost, but it has bounced back every time. And it's, I don't know, it's like four, four and a half feet, kind of sprawling. Um, pollinators like it as well. And then I have a hotlit salvia. This is the second one we've put in this place, but it looks like crap. And I think it's just because it is too wet in this bed for that particular salvia. And so I don't know if I will be growing it again next year or not. Um, oh, found me a little monarch. He's, or she, chowing on some milkweed, late monarch. And I've got a, a bunch of tropical milkweed that we sowed in here um, this over the last couple of years. And it's really just kind of grown and gotten a lot more dense. And as we've increased our milkweed, we have increased our monarch populations so that's been exciting um, to be to have and kind of interspersed in all this are little spots of um, passion vine uh, passiflora incense that have sent runners all through my flower beds so they like to climb right now I have some climbing on the milkweed as well and so I will get gulf fritillaries on the on that passion vine as well and it does it does flower from time to time uh, does not produce fruit. I'm not sure if this one doesn't produce fruit. I've tried pollinating it a couple times, hand pollinating. It hasn't worked. Um, and I do have a Incarnata passion vine uh, somewhere else, but it hasn't thrived. It's a little probably too shady for it. Um, interspersed in all of that mess is also my Chia, <laughs> which I threw out into the garden from my pantry. Um, it's a salvia as well, and I'm Hispanica, I believe, salvia Hispanica, and um, finally it is a short day length bloomer. So finally, 
after um, many months of growing, it has sent out pretty little purple flowers, um, which is pretty cool having a late season uh, bloom in the garden like that. I will not, it, it, it all germinates really well. I'll tell you that much. I do not need to seed as much as I did. <laughs> I put a lot out and, um, which was great, but it was too much. So, um, and then I have a lot of salvia coccinia, little red, I think it's called like tropical sage. We threw it out a couple years ago and it will self seed itself like no other. So it just comes back from year to year and it is doing well. And over here on the far side of this bed, um, have some more of the, I think the Mexican bush sage. It's a little shady. It's not doing so great. And then we've tried putting different things at this corner, but it's like deer central. Like they come over and browse and I don't know. Again, I have work to do in this bed. So we're going to check out the final, well, I guess we can call it the final bed. We'll walk at the final two beds up here at the front of the house. And the first is um, right out front, my, my front door. And we have, right now it's doing the best and thriving the most and taking over the biggest space is the salvia, the pineapple salvia elegans. Yeah, it's, a, it's also a fall bloomer, which is great for when the hummingbirds are coming through and the, the late season monarchs and all of that. And the there's a bumblebee on it right now and passion vine. <laughs> um, but it sprawls. It definitely can handle pruning and be happy and bounce right back. Um, we have some foxgloves. We used to have, I think our foxgloves used to do really well. And I feel like we've had too much, it's been too wet the last several years. Um, I've had several rot that I'm very surprised about. Um, again, this corner of the bed here, it's kind of the junction of the path isn't doing so great. We have a dwarf pomegranate and it hasn't flowered in a couple years, but, and it actually has been browsed heavily several times by deer, but it's doing pretty good. It's probably about two and a half feet tall. Um, and it has put out little pomegranates, pretty cute. And it's sent up, I'm gonna guess it's sent up runners from its main plant because I don't think it is self-seeded um, in a couple different spots, but the shrubs have never really gotten that big. And I don't know, maybe they're slow growing. I'm not quite sure on that one. And I've got a couple different things that are trying to seed itself and I need to get through and weed in here again. There's a lot of weeds going on. Um, a bunch of irises that I just threw in here when we first moved in. This was a bed that was kind of installed already when we came here but um, we've definitely modified it and expanded it. So when I first moved in, I got a bunch of different irises from my mom. I think they were from my grandmother. And um, they've kind of just thrived. There's actually a little bit of time where they didn't look like great, but they look pretty good now. But I think they need to move somewhere else. We need, I'd like to use a space where they're at for something else. Um, so that's something to think about for next year. And we actually had a pine tree that was probably two feet from <laughs> the roof of our house. Pretty nice sized uh, tree that we had. It was alive, it looked great, but it was kind of too close. I'm glad we, we ended up having it cut down because it was so close and it really kind of sucked, but my husband cut out kind of a center to try to make a little pot potting area. We put some plants in there. Yeah, it's, it's kind of done 
iffy. Um, right now there's just weeds, so. <laughs> um, but that's kind of a little centerpiece out there. Um, in the back corner, back towards the banana trees in the tropical section, I've got blackberry lily, some clematis sapiturae, or clematis, it's a native clematis, I can't remember which one. And then formosa lilies, which I love, come like, I think it's May or June that they bloom. They're just gorgeous. And then I've got a nice patch of lemon balm that just kind of cascades over the side. And the deer have actually kept it pretty browsed this year, which they didn't really touch before, but um, they did this year. So they didn't, I guess it was good for me because I didn't have to go trim it back so much, but um, next year I would like to actually, I need to dry some more lemon balm for tea. And uh, so hopefully they don't touch it so much next year. And I've got some ajuga back there, uh, the typical purple, um, and then a couple different variegated types. The variegated definitely does not spread nearly as rapidly as the purple. And the purple, we will kind of pluck and trim and kind of keep it organized a little bit. So rounding out the rest of this bed, I've got a lot of different salvia. Wish I could tell you one of this one pretty salvia, and I think I had a name for it. I'll see if I can put it in the show notes. Um, I think someone posted it, and I was like, that's salvia, because I've long lost the tag. And then I've got the salvia coccinia and salvia coccinia coral nymph. And the coral nymph, I don't know if you've ever grown it, but it takes over and will self-seed. So once you have it, you're probably always going to have it, uh, which I like. All the pollinators love it. It's been blooming since like April or May and you know, it's November. So I love it. I've got a flame, another flame acanthus back there. We have some blue-eyed grass that has also kind of been intermingled with uh, some sedges that have joined in. I've tried to like hand weed the sedges, but you know, they're both such similar habitat <laughs> uh, or like, um, habit, not habitat. So they are kind of hard to pull. Um, not sure what to do about that one. Again, another salvia. I'm going to have to dig around for the tag. That one might be in there. Kind of on the corner of this bed by our front pathway is a Gallardia Aestivalis variety winkler eye. It's a white fire wheel. It's, <clears throat> I don't know if it's just state endangered or if it's nationally endangered, um, but it is a rare plant for Texas. It only occurs in a couple areas of East Texas. Um, we do know of an area that it occurs in, um, but we actually saw some for sale recently. It's pretty exciting to come across. It's not something uh, you see that often. Um, we also have some Physostigia. Um, it's called obedient plant, but this one is actually one of, the, it's another, <laughs> Uh, I can't think of the species, but it's another one of the protected species. It was also grown in pots that we bought, so don't, we're not digging up plants here. Um, not protected plants. And so, um, but yeah, you can get that. We've seen that in a couple different places. And it spreads, it was actually in the middle part of the garden, and it's like worked its way down to the, this way, um, by runners. So... It's cool. It did not bloom this year because the deer would not stay off of it. And then I've got a yellow Lycoris uh, bulbs, about one bulb, and it is now multiplied. I've got a whole bunch growing there, but it, no blooms this year. 
it's hiding out in the massive pile of flame acanthus that needs to be cut back that doesn't bloom that much. I don't know why we, we actually have three and one is hiding out in the fence bed that is not very big because it's been shaded by something else. But these two flame acanthuses, can't I, don't <laughs> bloom much and I feel like they take up too much space for little reward. Um, the other bed next to the front of our house is the cactus and succulent bed. I'm not even gonna be able to tell you like what these plants are except for a the um, starfish cactus, Stapelia gigantea. Um, we have some dickia and a barrel cactus and aloe and agave, all sorts of cool things. Um, oh, we also have a um, cool plant again that we found at a nursery that I couldn't believe we could find. Um, it's the host of the Florida Atala butterfly, and now I'm losing my like a kunti. It's a kunti. <laughs> it's a native plant of Florida, and it's actually a pretty rare plant. Um, but we saw it for sale and here at one of our nurseries and we're like we have to have this it did get bit back by the frost um but it's grown back really well uh i don't know if it's flowered it may have been flowering when we bought it um it's a really cool plant to have we like it and again like i said i have a bunch of different cactus and cool things but i couldn't tell you because the labels aren't in them and it's not my particular specialty to know all of this. It's kind of my husband's stuff. Um, so we like them. And I guess I'll wrap up. We will kind of talk about a couple more things. I have, we have several hanging baskets on our front porch. We've got a Thanksgiving cactus, a pickle plant. We've got uh, the Neo Regia fireball bromeliad. We have some sort of cool tropical ripsalis looking cactus. My husband probably knows that one. That one actually was one we had in Florida. That's one of the few plants that has survived coming from Florida and back to Texas. And it produces cute little small yellow flowers. Um, and then we had a rickrack cactus that was like the first plant we bought like right after we signed the papers for our, our house. We had to go to Home Depot for <laughs> some crap to clean our house and do things around here and um, that was, we saw that and we're like, hey, it's our first plant at the house. That was, that was our plant. Um, we have a couple other big pot containers. Um, two other plants that came with us from Florida are two baobab trees that we grew from seed from, from a plant, a tree that grows near the Fort Lauderdale airport. There's actually several baobab trees in South Florida. Um, if you happen to go, you can look them up. They're, they're really cool trees to go see um, because, you know, baobabs are in Africa. <laughs> if you never get to Africa, you're probably not going to see a baobab. Um, but if you go to South Florida, you'll get the chance to see some. Um, I definitely recommend trying to find them out. There's some at the Fruit and Spice Park in uh, Redland homestead area. And then, like I said, there's a couple in Fort Lauderdale. And there's probably some more that I don't know about. But those are the ones I do know about. So... We did grow those from seed. They're in pots. Um, they get brought in during the winter. And right now they're in their drop in their leaves phase because that's what they do in winter. We also have a miracle fruit um, that looks like crap. It has struggled the last couple of years. But um, if you don't, don't know about miracle fruit, it's got it's little red fruits. They may be called, maybe actually be like droops or something, but they have like one seed in the middle. 
and so you eat it and then you suck on something sour like a lemon or take some um, just anything sour the lemon like I said and it's like sweet you would never think that that lemon was sour um, and it's a miracle it's a miracle fruit again we found that plant out when we were living in Florida at the fruit and spice park and we had a plant we had a miracle fruit we grew there and then my husband ended up finding one for here um, it did well for a couple years we actually had fruit here um, probably three or four years ago but the plants kind of gone in decline ever since I'm not sure what what needs to be done and then we have some plumeria a variegated plumeria and two others um, the two of them mostly live on our dock um, but this year they never made it to the dock which is probably fine because of Harvey I um, mean usually they won't we never had them knocked over until that May 2016 flood um, and then they sat in the water because they got knocked over they sat in the water for like I don't know almost a week before we were able to get them out because we had various things going on and um, they managed to come back <laughs> I thought they were gonna rot because if you know plumeria they like to rot if they've got too much water especially in the winter season all right we'll wrap up real quick on the perimeter bed around my husband's man cave and it needs some serious help because it's got like elm seedlings that are like turning into sub like tr trying to turn into little saplings and then so we have texas sage um not actually a sage but that's what it's called and if you're in texas you know what i'm talking about up around the perimeter uh the main perimeter then we had a couple different looks like there's three rosemary trailing rosemaries that are still growing um i kind of neglect these beds because i consider them like you know foundational kind of plantings and we had a really cool trailing uh american i uh not ivy um I'm losing the thought. I'll come back to that. And so we also have a bunch of different rhododendrons that are in various states of living. <laughs> and then I've let self-seed a lot of false nettle in here this year. And it's all defoliated and it's heading for dormancy. And then at one point in time, we had a lot of um, uh, Aquilia think of the name of it at the moment columbines in there and I totally forgotten the name of American Holly trailing American Holly <laughs> there it came to my head all right so I don't know if you caught all of those plants I'll do my best to kind of list out the main ones that I talked about for you to see and I'll put pictures of my garden and various states of being on the show notes for the uh, podcast as well and um, hopefully next year I can get in and do some <laughs> some more planting and editing around in the garden I uh, get it be to be a little bit better than it currently is all right I hope you enjoyed this